Chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The chat podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The Chat is also available through iTunes. My guest today for the chat is Renee Branner. Renee is a wife, mother. She's also a small group leader in Bible Study Fellowship. She's done that for the last three years. Also, she was a teacher for seven years and a school counselor for seven years. We'll be right back with the chat. The boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out cause he wrote and his message is clear. Welcome back to the chat. My guest today is Renee Branner. Renee, it's so good to have you here today with me. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Will you tell us about your family? Um, sure. I am married. I've been married for 26 years. I have one husband <laughs> and two kids. Um, my son, Michael, is 21. My daughter, Brenna, is 16. Okay. Okay. So there are four in your family. Yes. Okay. You told me something just a little go- bit ago about your children, something mm-hmm. special about them. Will you mm-hmm. tell us about that? Oh, sure. They both have autism, very high functioning autism, but um, autism. And we found out a little bit late, relatively speaking. Michael was 15 and Brennan was 10 when we found out. And I homeschool, and I always have. Mm. So it was a huge challenge as a parent and as a mom to um, figure out how to how to help them. That has mm-hmm. to be uh, challenging for you and your husband mm-hmm. to have that uh, to occur in your family. Well, let's get on with your work. What kind of work have you done in your life? Well, it seems like such a long time ago, but <laughs> I was a elementary school teacher for seven years mm-hmm. um, and then I um, went into elementary school counseling for seven years mm-hmm. and then when I had uh, Michael 21 years ago I quit to stay home with my kids okay when did you come to know Jesus will you tell us your testimony sure it was I think I was about 24 25 I grew up in a very very orthodox church mm-hmm. Um, but God's grace was not talked about at all mm. in that church. And um, we were there every Sunday, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I didn't, I hadn't heard a word about God's grace. I knew nothing about it. And I got a job and moved to a different city. 
in my 20s when I got out of college, and I decided I wanted to learn more about the Bible. I mm-hmm. didn't really read it. I didn't, I, personally, myself, I didn't, I wanted to find out for myself. I didn't want to just depend on what other people were telling me. And so mm-hmm. I went to a different church, a different denomination from mine, because um, there were more people there my age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, my intent was just to go to the Sunday school. I never intended to leave my other church mm. that I grew up in, um, that denomination anyway. It, but I never looked back. They were, you know, talking about God's grace mm-hmm. all the time. And I had never heard about that before. And it was such a, mm-hmm. a shock to me. To, and as soon as I learned about it, I never looked back. And I just soaked up everything they had to teach like a sponge. And it didn't take long for me to decide, you know, course i wanted that in my life i wanted jesus and i committed Mm -hmm. my life to him and um even chose to get baptized at that point how old would Mm -hmm. you say that you were at the time i think about 24 okay Mm -hmm. okay you're talking about god's grace what could Mm -hmm. be more important Mm -hmm. than that i don't know i don't know i think it's it's key absolutely key to to salvation to understanding Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And committing your life to it today what is your relationship with jesus like it is very personal it's such a comfort to me he is my constant companion he always has been but um now i know it which is so awesome mm-hmm. um i talk to him constantly i when i go for walks i talk to him and i talk out loud i probably look like the crazy lady you know <laughs> uh who lives in the neighborhood walking down the street because my lips are moving. But I love talking to him about everything, and I'm, I, I'm desperate to. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, learned to, I've learned that um, I can do nothing good apart from him. Mm-hmm. I, I pr- mm-hmm. had to prove that to myself over and over over many years. But I finally figured out um, only he, he is good and only he can do anything good and anything I do apart from him is not going to be good. Mm, so. mm. It sounds like mm-hmm. y- you have a very intimate, yes. personal yes. relationship with Christ. Yes. And I love, I enjoy it so much because that mm-hmm. is so completely different from, you know, the church I grew up in and mm-hmm. what I started with. And I felt alone through my whole childhood and adulthood. I felt so alone. And, and so that's probably... One of the things I appreciate and enjoy about him the most is that he's always with me. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about your prayer life. So that mm-hmm. will be interesting to listen as you talk mm-hmm. uh, about that. Do you have a passion? Has God put a special passion in your life that you are just really think a lot about mm-hmm. and want to work in and that sort mm-hmm. of thing? There's personal passion and there's spiritual. They kind of meet, but... Um, the the focus of my life for the last 21 years since my son was born was has been becoming the best mom I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and that was, you know, only God can do that. And so I've mm-hmm. done a tremendous amount of of work and with God to become the mom that I, I want to be. I didn't have I didn't have a great example of that, so I mm-hmm. I needed to learn and I needed to learn fast. And so that mm-hmm. was a huge focus of that and you know being a they're a good teacher and when i learned they had autism Mm -hmm. then that that's been my passion just focusing on what can i do to help them Mm -hmm. to be successful without me Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. some point but spiritually speaking i would say if i one of my passions is to i would love for people to understand the truth the Mm -hmm. truth the truth of who they are in jesus i think because Mm -hmm. i didn't understand that for so long and i would 
um, I had such a, a spirit of condemnation about myself, which mm-hmm. came from my past. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no condemnation in Jesus. Mm-hmm. There is no condemnation in Jesus. So that wasn't based on truth. Mm-hmm. And once, you know, God gave me great counselors <laughs> with mm-hmm. Jesus and great counselors, I have made lots of progress and, um, I learned that that wasn't his way. And once mm-hmm. I, you know, progressed enough in my own healing with him, I was able to not do that, to not condemn myself mm-hmm. so much anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was free to see who I was in him, who I am in him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ab- truth is just absolutely essential um, to, you know, living the Christian life and to, uh, it really does set you free, even mm-hmm. truth that hurts. Facing truth, pain, very painful truths, mm-hmm. and working through that with Jesus, has to be with Jesus, is what set me free from mm-hmm. all of those, you know, dysfunctional ways of thinking and being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I enjoy that freedom so much, and I just want to, you know, if there's anything I can do to help other people experience that, I would love to. You want all others who are in bondage yes. to feel the freedom, to yes. have the freedom in all areas of your life, I would think, yes. psychologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in all ways. Yes. It sounds like your passion is for people to know the truth, yes. be presented with the truth of mm-hmm. God's love and and mm-hmm. your identity in him, mm-hmm. and then to be able mm-hmm. to share that mm-hmm. with others. Yes, I think so many have no idea who they are in Christ. They mm-hmm. have so many misconceptions about how he sees them, how he sees us. Mm-hmm. I did. I applied views to him that weren't true about mm-hmm. how he sees. He has so much perfect love and compassion for us mm-hmm. and patience. Uh, he understands our hurts. He understands where they came from. He understands why we are the way we are, but he doesn't want to leave us there. He wants to grow us so that we can be healed and free and able to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. have joy and peace, mm. all, all those things. That's a wonderful passion to have, mm-hmm. to experience mm-hmm. freedom mm-hmm. and truth in Christ and to be able to convey that to others who are in bondage so mm-hmm. that they are no longer mm-hmm. in bondage but live a life of freedom like yes. you, yes. it sounds like. Yes. So how God has used your past, the bondage of the past, gave you grace and forgiveness and freedom so that you can move forward and help others. That's what that sounds like to me. Yes, yes. You got it. Okay. What is an area or two in your life where God is working on you to make him to make you more mm-hmm. like him? Um, I think the biggest area for me to remain aware of is seeking other people's approval, mm. which is totally wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, to me, it's idolatry. It's mm-hmm. putting somebody in God's place, mm-hmm. which was my greatest sin for, you know, the whole first half of my life. Sure. <laughs> and go, comparing yourself to others goes along with that. Comparing yourself to others is poison to your soul. Because mm-hmm. when, I, when I do it, I always come out on the short end, and, mm-hmm. and your focus isn't on God. But, I mean, the habit of doing that came from, of course, from my childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And But God took me through a healing time, about a, an intense healing time of about seven years, mm. at, starting at 47, when mm-hmm. it became completely clear to me I could do nothing good without him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he showed me that my self-esteem, again, I didn't know who I was in Christ. My mm-hmm. self-esteem, my picture of myself, I had farmed out 
to many different people. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's a, a life, that's a torturous, painful life because no person can give you what God, mm-hmm. only God can give you perfect love. Everybody's going to disappoint you, but God, mm-hmm. we're human. We're all flawed. That's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And um, so he helped me. He he gives me visuals. This may sound weird, but uh, it gives this helpful to me. He just gives me pictures uh, sometimes. And he showed me that I had, you know, I had given these, uh, that I needed to collect all those eggs that I had given mm-hmm. to other people and put them all in one basket, mm-hmm. which was him. Yes. Yes. And it, that was a process and it was not, it was very hard, but I mean, it, absolutely more than worth it. You're right. Mm-hmm. Idolatry. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. When we seek others, mm-hmm. you know, the the identity and so forth in them, mm-hmm. that is trying to mm-hmm. be like others rather than mm-hmm. uh, Christ. Don't you think? Yes. And there's no satisfaction and, and it's just painful and exhausting. Mm-hmm. It will never succeed. So mm-hmm. you become increasingly frustrated and your pain just grows and you become more desperate and desperate you figure out so i finally i mean by by god's grace by the mm-hmm. holy spirit he finally showed me he was the only one who mm-hmm. could satisfy mm-hmm. and as human beings we can all do that we can all look at others yes and seek their approval yes. and, and look to them it, we can all do it but the holy spirit is so good mm-hmm. that if we truly do not want to have that kind of behavior that he will help us he will work with us to eliminate, totally get that out of our lives so that we can experience freedom. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. I think understanding the Holy Spirit's role in a Christian's life is so Mm -hmm. vital, and I didn't for so long. I mean, you can't do, you can't obey God without the Holy Spirit. You can't understand truth without the Holy Spirit. He Mm -hmm. is God's presence here on earth with us now. Mm -hmm. He is truth. Yeah, he is. He He is is truth. truth. He is love. Yes. And without him, you so will much. never, none of us will ever know the truth. Absolutely. He is, he's key. He's, uh, he's key. I ask, I pray every day for the fruits of the Spirit mm-hmm. and, and for to be submit for him, for the Spirit to fill me mm-hmm. and for to be submitted completely to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it has to be an everyday thing yes. that you give that over yeah. to Christ. Yeah. Because I just I just remembered I had another thought because I still get tempted to seek others' approval sure, sometimes. That sure. I don't think that'll ever be gone mm-hmm. until I meet Jesus face to face. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to struggle with sin. Um, but when I when I it, that does pop up in my mm-hmm. mind and heart, I, I mean mm-hmm. the bells go off yes. and the red flags are waving, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, no, please help me mm-hmm. to uh, submit to you completely. Please help me completely reject that. I don't want to go there again. I don't ever want to travel that path again. Well, we have a theme song for the chat, and it's a song that that is called Stepping Out. Mm-hmm. And in that song, it talks about Peter, the account when Peter wanted to walk to Jesus out on the out on the lake. And he uh, he Jesus said, come. And Peter came to him. So Peter had to step out of the mm-hmm. boat. He had to trust God, have faith in tr- and trust in God that he would be able to come to him. When is a time in your life that you also had to step out of the boat and just rely upon God to help you to do whatever it was he wanted you to do? Um, the first thing that occurs to me is when I was referred to before, when I was 47, I had truly come to the end of myself. Mm-hmm. It's clear to me I can do nothing 
good without you. I will do anything you say. And I meant it with every cell of my mm-hmm. being. I meant it. Mm-hmm. The first thing he said was, use your voice. Open your mouth. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't ever use my voice. I had learned not to. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a survival mechanism in my childhood. So, mm-hmm. but, um, so that was, I mean, probably the hardest thing he could have asked me to do. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, it was a command. Mm-hmm. And I was so desperate. Being desperate is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It puts you right where you need to be in being willing to obey God. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I pray. There was a, there's a verse. He used Joshua. He tells him, I have, have I not commanded you? Um, mm-hmm. it, he made it clear it was a command, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not mm-hmm. a request. Yes. And then I yes. was determined to obey really for the first time in my life, really. Mm-hmm. And so I started using my voice and I, I started at home first. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest place to start, mm-hmm. but um, it just makes sense. And uh, it was very difficult, but he, the Holy Spirit was with me. Mm-hmm. He enabled me. And I wasn't very good at it because I'd never done it before. Sure. <laughs> so sure. It, it had needed a lot of refining, mm-hmm. um, which came mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it was very difficult to use my voice, and but he enabled me to do that. Thank you for sharing that, Renee. Mm-hmm. We've got to take a break, and so we'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, cause he wrote. We're back with the chat, and I am chatting today with Renee Branner, and she was talking about the difficulty of stepping out. We were talking about stepping out of the the boat uh, in faith, trusting God in situations, and she was telling us about the fact how difficult it was for her to have her own voice. And when she started using that and how difficult it was for her to start in her home. And, and I was just chatting here with her about the fact that home was the best place to start. Don't you think, Renee, as hard as it was? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And, and so necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it makes me think of when Jesus said, you know, start in Jerusalem and mm-hmm. then Judea and mm-hmm. then the rest of the, I mean, you start where you are mm-hmm. and with people you love the most. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. And you got some practice in there before yeah. you started, <laughs> before you started out with other people and other situations yes. and that sort of thing. Yes. I, I had held so much in for so long that it was hard to control how it came mm, out. Sure. Because um, there's a lot of pressure behind that. And uh-huh. I, I've learned over the way, stay current, stay current with your feelings and express them along the way and your thoughts so mm-hmm. that you can control how they come out. Because I want to be loving and kind and mm. gentle all those fruits of the spirit but mm-hmm. um i had to work on that i had to pray for those for a while because um it, it just i was you know there's a learning curve and i was new at mm-hmm. it <laughs> mm-hmm. it'd be a learning curve for anyone <laughs> i think in your situation mm-hmm. do you have a designated place to pray i do i do um, I haven't. I'm not always able to use it because there's three other people in the house but um mm-hmm. we have a sunroom uh, I love actually when it's. I'm so excited it's that spring is here because mm-hmm. I love to mm-hmm. sit outside and pray and look at the trees and the sky, um, God's creation. It just helps me feel more connected to Him as I'm praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I can't sit outside, I sit, sit inside and look out a window. So we have a sunroom, oh. and I park my little chair there mm-hmm. with um, 
with a, my blanket on it and mm-hmm. I have my journal mm-hmm. and um, I just th- look at the trees and the sky and I sit there and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what your prayer life looks like? Let's say in the morning before mm-hmm. you get out of bed, mm-hmm. you know, if you pray before you even get out of the bed mm-hmm. and then throughout the day and before you go to bed at night, mm-hmm. what does go through a day with us? Okay. Well, what, usually I wake up with a headache. Um, I have a, a lot of trouble with migraines. Um, mm. That is get, I have found things to make that better, so that is getting better. So I do think someday I won't always wake up with a headache. So mm-hmm. mostly my prayer is, God, please heal my head <laughs> Sure. <laughs> when I wake up. Sure. Um, but once I wake up a little bit and get my feet under me, mm-hmm. um, it, I, do, I have to be honest. I don't always do this, but mm-hmm. this, when I do talk to him first, mm-hmm. it is by far mm-hmm. the best way to start the day and the best it gives me the best day that you know to start centered on him mm-hmm. um, and i wax and wane with that i have to say i don't want to um project that i'm this is what i do all the time this mm-hmm. is what i want to do all the time <laughs> yes yes i'm still working on that um mm-hmm. and covid has changed our routine and and mm-hmm. you know thrown a wrench in the works but um so throughout the day so throughout the day, I just, I talk with them. Just, I assume whatever, if I'm in the spirit, which I always pray for, mm-hmm. then after I pray that, I assume pretty much what comes to my brain is what he wants to come to my brain and what he wants me to talk about with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly praying all day long. Um, for if a person comes to my mind, I pray for that person immediately because I assume that's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This person needs prayer right now. Mm-hmm. And I have also, like, of course, probably like, everybody a list of people that i pray for every day mm-hmm. people that are closest to me and some that aren't some that actually some that um have had painful relationships with and mm-hmm. don't really currently talk to i still but uh, when you pray for somebody that you've had conflict with or that mm-hmm. your relationship is broken with it really uh transforms the way you see them mm-hmm. And it really, it carries you, he carries you into forgiveness with that mm-hmm. and, and just a, de- a desire for their good. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful tool to use when you've had broken relationships. And so, and so throughout the day, and oh, then, well, I just talked to him th- sure. throughout the day. Yeah. And then when I yeah. lay my head on the pillow at night, mm-hmm. I again ask for the spirit to fill me. I just want to, mm-hmm. I want to be constantly surrendered to mm. the spirit because I'm just so aware of my own brokenness and mm-hmm. my own flaws and my own propensity to sin. And and I don't want the consequences of any of that sin anymore. Mm-hmm. I've lived there for so long. I want what he wants for me. He showed me early on in my transformation he has, you know, he, he says he has an abundant life for us here mm-hmm. and now. Mm-hmm. And I thought, he, and he showed me, I love thinking things through with him. He is my mm-hmm. counselor. Mm-hmm. And we talk things through. And he showed me that the, he led me to the conclusion that the only way to have that and know that is to obey him. Mm-hmm. And you, you can only obey by the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. constantly. So, I want that abundant life. I want that peace and joy here and now. Seeking peace was the reason that it was what brought me to throw myself at his feet in the first place. Mm -hmm. There was no peace. There was no peace Mm -hmm. in this brain, no, no peace in my life. And I just couldn't go any further without it and didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I want the life he has planned for me here and now. I want it. I want every bit of what he has planned for Mm -hmm. me. And the only way to have that, to know what that is and to have it is to obey. So I'm like, I'm going to obey, and you show me, Lord. You do it. 
Yes, yes. Are there any prayers that you pray specifically for yourself every day? Yes. I have. A, I always start out asking for the Spirit to fill me. Mm-hmm. I ask for wisdom and discernment because he says if you ask for that, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. And I ask to overflow with the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. I'm very focused on the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mm. goodness, mm-hmm. faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I go through each slowly. I don't just rattle it off. I ponder mm. what each means. Mm-hmm. And I ask to overflow with those for this day in mm. any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I also pray those for my kids, um, my mm. kids and their future spouses. I pray sure. that their spouses will um, mm-hmm. have all those characteristics. Very important prayers that you're saying that you pray specifically for yourself and for your family and and for others Mm -hmm. as well. If God could only answer two prayers for you, what would they be? Um, Well, save my children. Mm -hmm. Um, My probably my deepest desire is for them to live a life of increasing devotion to him, Mm -hmm. increasing dependence on him, growing in intimacy and dependence on him. Mm hmm. Um, and the other, because I know not everyone in the world is going to be saved, but mm-hmm. I pray that. <laughs> but you're, sure. Oh, and yeah. then I, I pray that, and mm-hmm. then I narrow it to, okay, um, these people I know and love the most. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of them are saved, and I pray, this is another part of my prayers that I pray every day, mm-hmm. healing. I think we all need healing every mm-hmm. day. Living in this world is so hard mm-hmm. sometimes and so painful, and we get hurt every day in some mm-hmm. way, little or big. And I, so I pray for healing for myself and for mm-hmm. everybody, especially mm-hmm. those I love right around me, for mm-hmm. their, so that they can be free in Christ, free mm-hmm. in the truth, and experience that peace and joy. What you were saying, though, mm-hmm. is true. I think we all, as followers of Christ, have a desire that everyone in the whole world, we know that that is not uh, you know, it probably isn't going to happen, but right. we want people to come to know Christ. Yeah. Yes, and I've learned to pray big mm. over the years. Mm-hmm. My prayers have been mm-hmm. way too small, and often he has far exceeded things mm-hmm. that I've prayed for, and it's mm-hmm. taught me I need to pray bigger. Mm-hmm. He's a big God. I, I, you know, I'll pray huge, and he, he'll do whatever he wants, and that'll be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What does your devotion time consist of? Usually, uh, well, I'm in BSF, and we're studying Genesis, so mm-hmm. um, a lot of times it, it consists of reading doing my lesson, reading mm-hmm. reading what we're focused mm-hmm. on for that week. I don't use a devotional right now. I have, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't. I just love to, it used to be that um, I was heavy on Bible study and short on prayer. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of the other way around. Mm-hmm. I enjoy talking to him so much that I'm, mm-hmm. I, uh, it's a lot of prayer and I, but I, I, I have to say that the word is absolutely powerful and living and mm-hmm. essential that you, you, that's another essential as well as the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can't know the truth if you're not in the Word. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes I will just focus on specific verses or I'll, he'll mm-hmm. lead me to something mm-hmm. in my mind or in the Bible that, to read and focus on. Do you have a life's verse? Well, it has been Jeremiah twenty nine eleven for mm-hmm. most of my life. Um, but uh, lately, I brought my cards and I, I have cards taped all around my mirror because there have been times in my life where um, I was so overcome with anxiety. Mm-hmm. 
I've even had panic attacks in the past period of time where I've had panic attacks where, and I know that I know that I know now that I just need to focus on the truth Mm -hmm. in any situation. And the more desperate I am, the more I need to focus on truth. Mm -hmm. The truth sets you free. Focusing on the truth, put your eyes on Jesus. He, and he does it all. He will Mm -hmm. heal. He will lead. He will do it all. So these, these are verses that have helped me in my anxious times. Okay. And this one is probably my favorite, Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not look anxiously about you. I used to do that constantly. Mm-hmm. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous mm-hmm. right hand. Mm-hmm. That it just calms my heart as well as some others. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Just to remember who's in charge. And who's going to do it? He's going to do it. And, and, you know, there have been days where I've had to focus on the word every hour because mm-hmm. I was just distraught about something mm-hmm. um, or deeply, deeply anxious. Um, but he, sometimes I used to feel like I needed to sleep with the Bible on my head, you know, to mm-hmm. get the, mm-hmm. or on my chest. And I, there were times also when I slept with it. Uh, I still have a small one I sleep with this on my nightstand because mm-hmm. I just like, I like that. I just mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. That the word is right there next to me. Sure. And there was a time where I had it open to Psalm 121, and I would get up and read that mm-hmm. first thing every morning mm-hmm. to to center my because I would immediately start with anxious thoughts as soon mm-hmm. as I before I even opened my eyes, and mm-hmm. so I had that open next to me so that I could immediately before I even tried to get mm-hmm. up focus. Mm-hmm. on the truth and on Jesus, mm-hmm. and how comforting that was mm-hmm. for you, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, yes, it got me. Th- it got me through so many mm-hmm. hard times. Do you have a favorite biblical account? That's really hard. (laughs) There are so many good ones. The one that keeps coming to mind just recently, though, we're studying Joseph, and I love the story of Joseph. Yes. Um, But also Esther, and maybe it's because um, uh, she had to use her voice in a way that was hard Mm. for her. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and and for such a time as this, that mm-hmm. that whole concept has gotten mm. me through some hard times too. Oh, God, I would think so. God in His timing and His goodwill and His sovereignty, He is in control of every moment, even if we're not, even if we can't see it or we don't feel it, mm-hmm. we can still believe it and we can proceed in that truth. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, this has been a good chat with you, Renee. We've got to take a break, but on the other side, we will talk about do you have a favorite woman in the Bible? We'll be right back with the chat. We are right back with Renee Branner, and she's getting ready to tell us about her favorite woman in the Bible. There's so many to choose from. Of course, I just mentioned Esther. Mm -hmm. Um, She comes Mm -hmm. up. The woman at, maybe the woman at the well, Mm -hmm. maybe she's my favorite because her life was so full of sin and Jesus was so kind to her. Mm -hmm. He, he spoke with her. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, of course, he knew everything about her, and he spoke with her, and he spoke with her in love. Mm -hmm. And he said things to her that, that, you know, he was truthful with her, Mm -hmm. but not um, unkind at all. And uh, he chose to take a moment of his earthly time here and and speak to her and speak into her life. And I I love that, because I feel as broken as her and as sinful as her. 
Mm-hmm. The woman who washed his feet with her hair, mm-hmm. um, so humble, so great, Mary. so full of gratitude. That's how I want to be. Mm-hmm. And often when I pray, I just I get filled with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I that the fact that he would choose to um, have an interaction with her, with her history, mm-hmm. uh, just warms my heart. I love that. I mm-hmm. love how he does things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you had a mentor in your life? I have. I've had different people along the way. I'm thinking of people mostly that have helped me uh, direct me toward Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, one person that pops in mind is in, in one person in particular who was my counselor during that time uh, when I was 47 and you know mm-hmm. desperate for God. And mm-hmm. she worked with me. I worked closely with her for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, intensely if i was in one support group i was in six or seven mm-hmm. sure <laughs> um and uh as well as doing individual counseling with her she just she helped me learn basic things that i didn't know about boundaries and how to relate mm-hmm. to people and how to love people and how, especially again how to see who god really is and not who i thought he was because mm-hmm. that changes everything when i see him for who he really is mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. truth Yes, absolutely. She taught me not to be afraid of my feelings, to feel my feelings, mm-hmm. which was gigantic. I'd run from them my whole life. Mm-hmm. And she, that was a process that was like the scariest thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember during that time, that was to me the beginning of what I call my recovery. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the precipice of it, mm-hmm. of surrendering fully to God, um, to Jesus, it was a huge spiritual battle. Mm. I could just, I could feel it because even though really I had been a Christian for about 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, I, it, it's confusing to me um, that you can be a Christian, but I, when I think back on it, I thought about this a lot. I think I was, but I just, mm-hmm. I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand what surrender really meant. And mm-hmm. But at this point in my life, I was ready. I was <laughs> to understand or not. I had to mm-hmm. do it to live. I felt like I was dying, mm-hmm. and I would would have died if I hadn't made this turn. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, there was a huge spiritual battle. I could feel it because, uh, and uh, Satan had um, had such large influence in my life since mm-hmm. my childhood, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to let that go. Sure. This is my mm-hmm. interpretation, yes. my impression of it. That, and he was fighting hard to to get me to not look at the truth, mm-hmm. to keep running from it and running from my feelings. Um, um, and deciding to stop and turn around and look at what was chasing me figuratively, the experience was that it wasn't nearly as big and monstrous as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing that, just stopping and making the turn, felt like jumping off a cliff into a dark pit. Mm-hmm. It was so terrifying absolutely terrifying but i decided to be- do it totally on faith to believe god mm-hmm. that he would catch me mm-hmm. and that he would work for my good it was the hardest thing i ever did but i'm so grateful that he enabled me to do that mm-hmm. and it was true like mm-hmm. him that enabled you no one else could have oh, done it absolutely absolutely at that point in time i even made an appointment with a different counselor another counselor who was super helpful to me because um, I just needed a professional to tell me I wasn't crazy. Yes. Because <laughs> I felt kind of yes. crazy with all this spiritual warfare going mm-hmm. on in me. I really wondered. 
I really mm-hmm. did. And that's not a good feeling to wonder if you're sane mm-hmm. or not. And, mm-hmm. um, but I thank God he put people in my life, you know, at mm-hmm. specific times that just mm-hmm. helped me along the way. And mm-hmm. he was, he was one, he's like, he was right. He's a Christian counselor. He was right with me. No, mm-hmm. You're not crazy. This mm-hmm. is spiritual warfare. You know, we prayed. It was just, yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. I know as a counselor myself and the clients I've had mm-hmm. through the years that have experienced things similar to what you have experienced in your life is that they feel just mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. are describing the way you felt in the spiritual warfare mm-hmm. area. We've all, as followers of Christ, have had struggles in our lives, and it's just life. Mm-hmm. And we learn so much from them, and they're hard to get through, but God works and helps us through those. What has been mm-hmm. one of those times for you? I grew up in a home that was, uh, I love my parents. They're both gone. I miss them very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were deeply, deeply broken people who never really overcame that. Um, and they, so their parenting they were essentially abusive and neglectful. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love them now. I wish they were still here. Mm-hmm. I, I have, you know, I've forgiven them. But um, that set me up for a lifetime of until I was 47 of mm-hmm. just very dysfunctional thinking based on lies and behaviors mm-hmm. based on lies that just did nothing but mm-hmm. cause me pain and suffering. Um, there's been. It's really hard to pick one, I guess. I'm thinking of infertility because we, did, we did struggle with that. But I guess mm-hmm. also um, my son, who's 21, um, he had leukemia. Mm-hmm. He was diagnosed mm-hmm. with leukemia when he was 17 months old. And um, I wasn't a very mature Christian at that time. Mm-hmm. And I, I shut down for, for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and that was, but it took a lot of different things until I got to that point at 47 where I was just ready to surrender. You know, everybody has, has a, marriage is an adjustment for everybody and it mm-hmm. was for us too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there were, there have been some mm-hmm. challenges like there, mm-hmm. like there are for everybody. But So, so you're saying that mm-hmm. there, you've had several different hard struggles yes. in your life, not one in particular, but a yes. mix of several tough ones. Yeah. I'm having trouble figuring out which one to pick. I guess, I mean, for the first seven years of our marriage, we were in crisis with um, infertility issues, and then Michael was premature, mm-hmm. and then he had cancer, and he was in treatment for mm-hmm. two and a half years, and then more infertility, and then mm-hmm. Brenna was even more premature. Michael was born at 29 weeks. She was born at 25 weeks, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so they both had a lot of therapy, you sure. know, in their first few years, too, so mm-hmm. that was, you know... We were married for four years before we had kids, but then mm-hmm. for that period of time, that was the, that was it was all crisis. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. very difficult, but it all worked toward the point of showing me that I can do nothing without God, mm-hmm. nothing good without God. Did you find God to be faithful through each of those struggles? Absolutely, good question. Absolutely, even though I wasn't. That's another thing that just astounds me about God. Thank Him. That our his faithfulness does not depend on ours. <laughs> we would be lost if it did. Mm-hmm. I am. I mean, he deserves our complete and perfect faithfulness. So we are unable to do that. Mm-hmm. What we get is his. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the 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 whole exchange is just you know the righteousness for this. The whole exchange of based mm-hmm. on Jesus and his work on the cross just is just mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
during those struggles, was there a particular song that God brought to you that he that you were able mm-hmm. to be uplifted, uh, that he encouraged you, that he was able to strengthen you through? Uh, was there one of those songs? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. When, when death, death was arrested, yes. When we sing that in church, I fairly shout. I just can't. Because there's, when you get to the point where you're singing, I'm free, I'm free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. that, that song, I, I don't know, I feel like it just kind of illustrates my life mm. in some way. When Death Was Arrested, let's listen to that song right now. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace so free washes over me You have made Chains, I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested and my life began, oh, your grace so free washes over.
We are back with the chat. That song was When Death Was Arrested, and Seth Condry sings that song. We will be right back with the chat. Out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, cause he wrote, and his message is clear. Go tell I'm stepping out, out of the boat. Renee, we're getting ready to bring the program, the chat, to a close here. Is there a particular thing that God thought that God has laid on your heart to say to those who are listening today? What about, uh, I, I want you to speak from your heart. Uh, just take a minute or two or what it takes. Would you do that? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, I've been praying about this, and the, I'm, it's the same thing. It always comes to my mind. My, I have the just a deep desire, as I've mentioned before, for um, people to know who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. to, to understand as much as a human can. Mm-hmm. Our understanding is so small compared to what the truth really is. But as much as a human can, to understand and believe the truth about who we are in Christ, who we are, who he is, and how he sees us. Mm -hmm. I think many of us um, have misconceptions about how he sees us. There is no condemnation in Jesus. Mm -hmm. His love is perfect. He is compassionate. He is kind. He is gracious. He is merciful. He's forgiving. He's sovereign. He's mighty. The God of the universe is on your side. He's on your side, working in your favor if you are a child of God. And if you're not, please become a child of God. Eternal salvation, eternal life with our Jesus. Important words those are. Will you pray with us? Father, thank you so very much for this time together, for this time to focus on you, to talk about you, for this time for you to remind me of all that you've healed me of and all that you've done for me and how I just pray that um, sharing my story has been helpful to somebody and encouraging to somebody. And really, I I want the focus to be on you. Uh, I pray that uh, anybody who's listening, that what they see is they see you. They see you. They see your power, your truth, your love, your goodness, your your salvation. It's all about you. You're the one who does it. And I, I, I thank you so much for saving me by grace and so many others, and I pray many, many more will be saved. And um, I just thank you for your graciousness to me and for this time. I pray that this is completely glorifying to you, that anything that I might have said that wasn't would just be forgotten, or, and um, that you and you alone are the focus, and you will be completely glorified by our time together. And I thank you so much for the, the joy and the privilege of, of sharing what you've done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Renee, and thank you, too, for coming today and sharing your walk with Christ Mm -hmm. with the rest of us. It's been great. You've been such a blessing, so thank you. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning into the chat today. I look forward to the future times when we can once again just sit and have a chat. For the Savior is near, I'm stepping out, cause he wrote.